Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 475 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are back in the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, uh, let's talk about some of your favorite holiday movies. And, well, I'm going to give you some factoids that maybe you didn't know about your favorite holiday movies. So when you sit down to watch it, yeah, maybe it'll make it more interesting. And if you want to watch some holiday movies that we really like, check out episode 474. Uh, in the last segment, we talk about some great holiday movies that you may want to check out. Also, have you ever heard this, date the rate and marry the property? Yeah, what does that mean as we're seeing lots of buyers now re-enter the real estate market and where did all the sellers go? Before we get to that, let's get to this. Just got done reading an article. About therapy, right? And in fact, if you listen to a lot of podcasts right now, you will hear ads on a lot of podcasts I listen to for people to get telehealth because now you can just dial up your therapist. You can do that on video. You can do that on the phone. In fact, that's what I did with my therapist during the pandemic is telehealth. But are there enough therapists out there for all of us? And when it comes to therapy, What are some of the things that you've learned that you wish you would have known maybe when you were younger? Ron and I, big advocates of therapy. One of my good friends, BJ Shea from KSW, does the morning show over there. I saw him go to therapy. He really encouraged me to do that. Ron did the same. They had a big impact on me. And going to a therapist really has been life-changing. And as a man who is a single dad, it has given me a lot more confidence and being a father, and being the kind of father that I always thought I wanted to be and could be. Ron, when you, when, when you look back at your therapy journey, what's one or two things as people are thinking about the new year, uh, and maybe therapy could be a part of the new year, we're always thinking about change. Sometimes change comes within. Sometimes we just have to change our habits and start habit stacking. Uh, if we get rid of a habit that we think is not uh, real positive. We've got to make sure that we fill in that space in our lives or otherwise a lot of times you end up going back to whatever that habit was that you feel like is destructive. What, what's something that you know now sitting here at the age of 52 that you wish you would have known maybe when you were 22? Um, this The article you sent was really good and there are people saying what was the thing that stuck out to you the most or that you still think about years later. I, I, so much of this is about timing like, and that's, I think what a really good therapist does is they see where you're at and they give you that thing many times that you already kind of knew, or you thought you knew and it just hits at the right time. Uh, and like that can be the same thing with a song or a movie or whatever, when it hits you at the right time, it sort of opens up and blossoms into your mind. The biggest one for me, um, was when I was going through my divorce is my, my therapist who happens to also be your therapist, um, she looked at me and was like, Hey, um, you're at a really crucial point here where you're either, you can either become 
this justified bitter guy that hangs on to whether or not you were right uh, and whether or not what has just happened to you is fair or uh, you can take responsibility for all of it. And she gave me an analogy, and I think about this probably once a week. She said, if you were driving home in your car today from this therapy session and a drunk driver runs the red light going the other way and just T-bones your, your car, and you are sitting there on the, on the side of the road and your bone is sticking out of your leg, she's like, you can justifiably go, that wasn't my fault. I wasn't the drunk driver. I didn't run the red light. This is unfair. And she's like, you would be right. You could be sitting there on the curb and all of those things are true. You weren't the drunk driver. It wasn't your fault. Um, and it, it, you could be angry that this other guy got drunk and that they ran the red light and look at my bone is sticking out of my leg. And, or she goes and you could sit there all day long until you bleed to death uh, proclaiming how right you are and how justified uh, that how angry you are and that this other person's a horrible human being. So, or you can take responsibility for the whole thing and go, my bone is sticking out of my leg. I want to go. I want to get an ambulance out here as quick as possible. I want to get to the doctor. I want them to set my leg. Then now it's my responsibility. Even though I didn't cause this accident to happen, it's my responsibility to rehab that leg. It's my responsibility from here going forward to take control of the situation as much as I can and to go, what, how functional do I want to be? How functional do I want this rehab to be? How quickly do I want to get back on my feet, be able to walk again, be able to run again? You get, you get the analogy. And she's like, it doesn't mean that you condone everything that happened. What it means is, will you take responsibility for everything that happened? And when she told me that, I was really angry at first <laughs> because you? I didn't want that to be true. Yeah. Uh, but the, as I sat with it for a week or so, I was like, okay, uh, as much as, because it feels good in a sense to hang on to being right. And it feels good to hang on to being justified. And it feels good in a sense to be angry for a while. And then that I think about this all the time. It's like the second and instant that I took responsibility for all of it, um, even though I didn't cause that bone to be sticking out of my leg metaphorically, it was uh, my responsibility to get treatment and to do the rehab. As soon as I did that, everything turned around for me. So that's the one it's been going on, I don't know, eight years, nine years now. I still think about that regularly was there one that happened to you that you think about regularly yeah i'll just touch on a couple things because 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 one i really like what you said you have to accept the fact that life is not fair it is not going to be fair it's it, it's not always and and sometimes happen uh things happen that are out of your control and it sucks but you got to stop and acknowledge that it sucks right this, this whole thing about you know growing up in the church and i'm just going to give it all to god and give it all to jesus well well God is and Jesus are not here in a human form. And so a lot of these things, and I don't know about you, uh, and I believe in a higher power, but nobody has ever spoke to me in an audible. So, so a lot of times I feel like I'm left to kind of figure things out. And in figuring those things out, something in, in my house I saw a lot of growing up was anger, especially anger from my father, anger towards his children. Uh, and it, it, it toughens you up. 
but the, but then I also realized when I became a father that hey, I'm dragging some, and I could I could see it when my son was a baby. I'm going to drag some of this anger that I feel uh, into this relationship with him, and so I got to deal with this. Because when you go to the church, the church is like, well, you just pray away the anger, or in Jesus' name, it's gone. And guess what? In Jesus' name, it wasn't gone. It wasn't gone. And anger, what I've learned, is not a bad thing. Getting mad is healthy. It's what you do with anger, and it's what you do when you get mad, because a lot of times now that can turn into action, and it can turn into a positive action. So I had to learn through therapy that anger is okay. Getting mad is okay. But when you turn the gun turrets on other people or on yourself, right, and you start to beat yourself with chains sometimes, and you put yourself in that shame and, and that pain cave like I would do, just beating the hell out of myself for not being the father that, that I wanted to be or could be, I just couldn't see a path forward. And, 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 and so I had to learn that the anger that I saw in my house that was never resolved, never resolved. My father never apologized for it. He brought four kids in the world. It didn't work out. He abandoned them and went and had four more with, with somewhere else with someone else. So, so, so yeah, it sucks. And that was effing unfair, but it doesn't matter because your childhood drama turns into your, your manhood drama. It does. And I could see that happening. And a lot of it revolved around anger for me and dealing with that. And so now what I try to do when I get angry or I see my son getting angry, we talk about it. We, we were in the car yesterday and, and he was upset about something and he was angry and I listened to him when we talked about it. And the thing I really appreciate from Ron, because Ron is pretty enlightened on this, is I don't always try to fix it for my son, right? Sometimes I feel like, hey, that's my job as a dad to go in and fix it. And, and sometimes you just got to let people feel it and you got to let them know that you, you just did that with your dad. You, just, you can't fix the fact that he just had this major operation down in Florida, but you went down there, you showed up, and you let him know, I am here, I'm with you, I'm available, right? Yeah, and with a child, I think it's different because there are times where they don't know what they don't know. Yes. But there are also times where, in, in, in I, I remember doing this the first couple times with you, and it was shocking to you because I, I t typically would try to step in and catch all the balls in there and just go, man, that is really tough. And then when you stop there, the other person sort of goes, okay, like you don't, it, it's hard sometimes to just hard stop yeah. and just go, I hear you. That's really hard. How, what do you, what are you going to do with that? Or yeah. how does that make you feel or whatever? Yeah. And then uh, the other person gets a chance to sort of, you know, reflect on it. And also the other thing that therapy a long time ago, and then I know we've gone a little long in this segment, but of like asking what someone needs. So like sometimes going, Don, do you want me to just listen right now? Or are you seeking advice? Hmm. And if the person's like fired up and they just need to vent, then just listen Yeah, and just sit there and listen. And then and I, we learned this from an office mate. What else? Like someone's, blah, 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 blah. what else? Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then what? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And sooner or later, you're going to go, and what else? And there, I think that's it. <laughs> I think I got it all out. And then you can just go, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with that. When you, when you have a child and you see something happening that is turning into trauma, 
that's where I draw the line and step in. I'm like, okay, I don't want this trauma to turn it into drama for him. So I'm going to step in as, as best I can. I think the final thing is too, is that forgiveness is a process. And just because you ask, this blew me away. Cause I remember asking people for forgiveness and there are a couple people that wouldn't forgive me or they would just listen and not say anything. And I'm like, Hey, I just said, I'm sorry. Where's the damn forgiveness around here? <laughs> and I had to learn it's a process and it's a process with yourself. That's the hardest form of forgiveness is to forgive yourself. And that's a process too. We will see you on the other side of this. Laura Miller's one of the leading commercial real estate brokers around the sound. You see her name everywhere. But when she needed to sell her own home in West Seattle, she turned to Ron and Don. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. As someone who regularly handles multi-million dollar deals, Laura has high standards and expectations, and she says the guys exceeded them. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market, what are you doing today, <laughs> to um, you know move the sale forward. And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, uh, of course, and they would show me them watering the plant. <laughs> In no time, they got a deal done. Laura got even more than she hoped for. And she says she couldn't be more impressed with their service, attention to detail, and results. They do have a way of making you feel like they're your only client. <laughs> I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great, it was awesome, it did really well. They're awesome. They are just people you want to hang out with. <laughs> and if you're ready to get more for your door and work with some pretty awesome guys as well, it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down at ronanddon.com. The Ron and Don show is brought to you by, in part, Ron and Don. They're both licensed brokers at Windermere. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don show. Uh, I was thinking about this phrase that I hear kicked around in real estate where people are talking about dating the rate, but marrying, uh, marrying the property. What does that mean? Date the rate, but marry the property. Yeah. I mean, the market clearly has, uh, changed dramatically with the fed raising the interest rates, but kind of doubling. And this is one of those things that I've thought about a lot because I, the entire time, pre the fed doing this show after show after show i would try to say these are historic times for sellers this is the lowest interest rate in in the history of recording interest rates it can't get any lower and even though you say that his the word historically means something it means that it's it's unusual that it's not the norm that this is out of the ordinary and as many times as i said that and i i felt it too emotionally when then the rate came back up people were, oh my god the sky's falling it's like no this is this is normal <laughs> we've been having abnormal yeah and so right. but you get used to abnormal and it, it's sort of like we've all done this you go over to someone's house that doesn't realize how dirty their house is because they don't see the stuff anymore like the pile of clothes in the corner it's been there for two months 
or six months or six years. So they don't even see it. When, when you walk in with fresh eyes, you're like, what does that smell? And do you realize that your dishes are piled up? They don't see it because it's just, that's their normal. And so we were in this abnormal normalcy of this super low rate. And so I think it's going to take the market a little time here to adjust to the fact that like, Hey, 5%, 6%, 7% interest. That is again, it's not crazy interest rates. Um, they're higher than they were, but we're going from historic lows. So I think that phrase of like, okay, this is now we're, we're, we're readjusting. People are kind of going, Oh, I'm, I, this is what I can afford now. This is the type of house I can buy now. This is what my monthly payment's going to be. And so the thing that we can hang our hat on, if you will, is if you really like a property and you've really been thinking about buying or thinking about selling, um, this is the new normal. And now we can, you can refinance if and when it comes down uh, a little bit, which they think it will in 2020. So that's dating the rate, marrying the property. And a quick example would be, let's say that you're buying a house and it's listed for 450 and you're trying to buy this house 18 months ago. Well, you, the house you're trying to buy for 450 is now going to escalate into the fives, maybe 525, somewhere in there. You're talking about back in the day. I'm talking 18 months ago. Right. Yeah. So they were watching football. So you didn't know. I, ju I just said 18, 18 months ago. We're, we're watching uh, Michigan and Ohio State this morning on a Saturday. Wow. Any, anyway, so that escalates. You jump in, and a lot of times you can't even buy the property because a cash buyer steps in and, and they buy it and it escalates. So even for a lot of people that were trying to buy something with a lower interest rate, they couldn't even do it. They couldn't even. Now what's happened is that house for four fifty is not worth five twenty five. Maybe it's worth four twenty five. So or maybe it's worth four hundred or somewhere in the high threes. So what we have now is we have sellers that are finally beginning to adjust and not sell their house for that Zillow number from a year ago that's not realistic. And as they adjust their number and they come back down to earth, what I'm finding is some of these homes, especially if they're under a million dollars, there's a lot of buyers out there and they're beginning to escalate again. But think about this. If you are able to buy that house, if it doesn't escalate and you buy it somewhere in the threes, but you buy it with a much higher interest rate than what we had 18 months ago, that payment is about the same. It's somewhere between 20, dollars and $2,400. Here's the difference though. Here's the difference. If you can buy that house now at a reduced price, and in some cases, some cases you can just step in if a house has been on the market 50 or 60 days, which we are now seeing, you can buy that house that's where the money is made. That's where the money is made in the buy, and then and then in the future, as Ron just said, you're dating that rate. You're not married to it. You're married to the property, and you just made a great buy. Now you can adjust that rate when you get 12 months, 18 months down the road, and you're never going to look back and go, "Wow, I made a lot of money. I had a great interest rate. Maybe you felt more secure. You're going to look back and say, "Wow, I made a lot of money because I was able to purchase a house." Uh, and I was able to then adjust, right? The money's made in the buy. It's not made in the rate. To give you an example, I'm sitting in a house right now in the last downturn when everybody's running from Queen Anne. The house I'm sitting in right now sat here for six months. I came in and bought this house for four eighty-five. The interest rate at that time, I had to pay 4.9%. It's pretty high, 4.9%. But then down the road, I was able to uh, invest some money in this property 
and then also adjust that rate. And now I'm sitting in a house that's worth somewhere between three and a half and four million dollars after forcing appreciation over the last 12 years on this house so anyway date the rate marry the property if you need us just reach out i'm telling you if you're a buyer now now right now during the holidays if somebody's selling during the holidays it's because they have to sell now this is when you should step in and go hey i'm gonna go out i'm gonna date the rate and i'm gonna go find a property to get married to if you need us help uh Ron will even put on uh, his holy robes, and uh, we'll go shopping. Right? Wow. How do, how do people reach out to you? Ron at ronanddon.com. Uh, let's do it. Let's buy something right now. Ron at ronanddon.com. Our website is ronanddon.com. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you guys. I'm sitting here with Mitch Weeks right now, one of the great sponsors of the Ron and Don Show. He is a mortgage broker, and you can find out more about him at Mitch.loans. Hey, a really cool time to be creative when it comes to being a buyer, and there's sellers right now that are stepping up and saying, let me help the buyer by doing something called a buy-down, right? Yeah, they are. And it's one of those things that's beneficial for both sides. Sellers give money up front for the buyers to buy down their rate and save money for the life of the loan. It's a really creative solution, really working for a lot of people. Yeah, there's also something called a 2-1. What's a 2-1? A 2-1 is where you get your rate bought down 2% for the first year, 1% for the second year, and then after that, you're home free in your current rate. But it's great savings up front, and then you have a chance to refi over the next two years. Yeah, good news, good time to be a buyer, good time for sellers to be creative and help that buyer. And Mitch, you can help everyone. Uh, how do people reach out? Go to Mitch.loans, set up a meeting, and let's figure out a creative solution for you. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I just want to share something with you. Uh, and this is something that I do every Thanksgiving as we kind of head into the holidays. Uh, if you're thinking about New Year's resolutions, now is the time to think about it. Not not after, uh, at least in my, my opinion, not after Thanksgiving and Christmas and then we head into the new year. And then we make all these promises and 26 days later we break those promises and then we feel like hell about ourselves. So I try to start kind of my assessment now. And I really like the, the the season of thanks where people come together and they bring dishes. We see family or you have friends, Thanksgiving, whatever that is. Uh, and we, you find out as you get older, there's challenges. And, and people you love and care about start passing away, right? Uh, I think of my little sister passed away when she was 43 years old from ALS, left behind three little kids that are no longer three little kids. Uh, there were some pretty dynamic young adults. And I bet chances are in your life, maybe you have people uh, that you've lost as well. During this season, I think about November 30th, 2009. I think about the Lakewood Four sitting in the coffee shop. There's Greg, there's Mark, uh, there's Tina, there's Ronnie. And they would lay down their lives. November 30th, 2009. I think about Kim Renninger, who's married to Mark, uh, who has a son that's a little older than my son. And when Mark passed away in that coffee shop in 2009, uh, her little boy was a very little boy, almost a baby boy, and now he's all grown up, and to see him is really wonderful and amazing. And as you know, together on Terrestrial Radio, we raised a lot of money for those nine kids that were left behind, because back then, uh, there wasn't a lot of money left for police officers and their families, but we raised a lot of money, and as a result of that, a lot of those kids now are shoving off uh, to the university and getting their education. 
And a lot of that bought and paid for by a lot of you in the Ron and Don Nation. So anyway, on my Facebook page, I put up a picture of my sister. I put up a picture of the Lakewood Four. And I put up a picture of uh, me summiting Rainier and leaving my friend Brad Perkins up there, who was the voice of the Mariners at Cairo Radio. And we left him up there. In fact, uh, I talk about this in what I wrote. So let me just read this to you before we get out of here. It says, every Thanksgiving, I take some time to appreciate and savor what a great life I have. And it's, it's very humbling, you guys. I also think about the incredible humans that have touched my life but are no longer here. And I have a good cry. In fact, Keith Urban says it's good to have a good cry. And I, I, I agree with that. Anyway, I think of my baby sister, Colleen, who I just talked about, her three amazing kids, Annie, Sid, and Dylan. I think about the children left behind when Ron, Greg, Mark, and Tina were taken from us during the holiday weekend back in 2009. Many of those kids, now young adults, begin to raise families of their own. Also, I think about my friend Brad Perkins, who uh, we took to the top of Rainier over a decade ago. Isn't that unbelievable? We let him go in 60-mile-an-hour winds, leaving behind his young daughter, Merritt, and also his wonderful wife. A man once said that lives will not be judged by what we got. They'll be remembered by what we gave. As a music minister, my sister gave us her music, her heartfelt worship music, and the gift of motherhood to her kids. Tina, Ron, Mark, Greg gave us the gift of protection and laid, laid down their lives in that Lakewood coffee shop, leaving behind nine children and some really amazing families as well. And what about Brad? He gave us the gift of baseball as he helped bring us the Seattle Mariners. That's right. Boy, would he be thrilled to see what they did this year. And part of appreciation, I think, is remembering what we have but it's okay to reflect on what we've lost. Many of us have an empty chair at the table of thanks this year as we head into the holidays. For you, it may be a soldier, never came home, a parent that left too early, a partner you never got to say goodbye to, or for a lot of us, a very friend who crossed over the Rainbow Bridge this year. I hope you will join me in taking a moment to honor, remember, reflect about these lives lost and the lingering sorrow that we collectively feel. But then, let us take a moment to celebrate them. That's right. I said to celebrate them. We are not called to grieve in perpetuity. We are just not. The people that have gone on would not want us to grieve in perpetuity. And after we've had that time, and after we've had a good cry, or a good walk, or a good remembrance, then pass some turkey. Yeah. Start decking the halls. Uh, turn on some football, pull out the decorations because the holidays are upon us. Remember, they are always with us, but just in a different form. So from our family to yours at the Ron and Don Show, happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays. Here comes Christmas, Hanukkah, Shaka Khan, all of it. That's right, right? Anyway, love, respect, celebration uh, from everyone here, including Charlie the dog. At the Ron and Don Show. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode 475. We really appreciate it. If you need us, just reach out. Yeah, absolutely. We have a website, ronanddon.com, or you can email me directly. If you've been thinking about dipping your toe in the real estate market, if as you reflect on 2022, go, hey, 2023 is my year. I want to be a buyer. I want to be a seller. I want to transition to a new chapter of my life. Ron at ronanddon.com. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. Yeah. All right, you guys, and I love going out with first-time buyers, especially right now. It is so fun. In fact, uh, we wrote an offer for a first-time buyer earlier this week, a Seattle firefighter. It was fun, you guys. Anyway, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Ollie! From the Ron and
right on Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.